Greetings, Reggae Uprising podcast family, and welcome to another episode. Now, you already may be aware of from viewing the description or the title of this episode and the imagery that goes with it that this is a very special episode. This episode is all about paying tribute, honouring and giving thanks for Reggae Uprising podcast family member Kokumo Noxid. Being a guest on this show in the very first year of the show in 2020 and a memorable year for all of us for lots of different reasons, myself and Reggae Uprising podcast would like to offer condolences to his family on his recent passing whilst also giving thanks for his wonderful life. May he rest in eternal peace. For this episode, we're going to be revisiting. So we're going to go back to that archive of that first year, that episode that he featured in in 2020 and replaying it. So you're going to be hearing not only his works, but also his selections and also his life's journey, his story as told by him personally, his perspective on his experience here. Also, at the end, we've added the addition of one of his videos, which you can find on his YouTube channel, in which he gifts to us three of his own works, his poems. The link to where you can find this recording via his YouTube channel will also be in this description, along with where you can support his works. So he has three books the links of which will be in the description. So those three books are Pipe Dreams, Just Pieces of a Man and Dub Truth. So as I said, at the end, just before we play his final reggae selection, you'll be hearing three of his works. His works do actually feature within the original interview as well. But before we hear his original interview, and his first reggae selection. I'm going to read to you the biography that he sent to me before this original interview that we did in 2020. Kakumo is a UK-based artist born in the cockpit country of Jamaica. Considered as not just a poet, but a cultural anthropologist and dub griot who uses his creativity to captivate an audience whilst taking them on a dub poetical journey. His work appeared in anthologies and online journals, including the late Rowi Kwebena's Dialogue, a Journal for Cultural Literacy and the Red Anthology of Contemporary Black British Poets, edited by Kwame Dawes, published by People Tree Press. Credited with debut album Writings on the Wall, which is dubbed a very significant piece of work that captivates the militancy and advocacy of dub poetry in present time and generations to come. 
His books Dub Truth and Pipe Dream are both described as masterpieces, crafted in the vernacular of his Jamaican language. This defines Kokumo as an artist on a mission with the ability to cast poetic spells. Kokumo's appearances include Glastonbury, Festival at the Edge, Shakespeare Theatre, Stratford-upon-Avon and the Nuricon Café. He was also a poet in residence at the Drum Arts Centre Birmingham, where he hosted Linton Quasi Johnson, Jean Breeze, Yassus Afari, Benjamin Zephaniah, amongst others. Conviction, yeah. battering down sentence, fighting against conviction. I find myself growing in an environment where finding food is just as hard as paying the rent. In trodding these roads of trial and tribulation I've seen where some have died in desperation To keep battering down sentence Fighting against conviction Battering down sentence Conviction in a family of ten and raised in the ghetto. This week's guest is a poet, cultural anthropologist, and dub griot. His works include his debut album, Writings on the Wall, and books Dub Truth and Pipe Dream. I would like to welcome Kukumo. Greetings and welcome, Kukumo. Greetings, greetings, Daniel. Um, glad to be uh, on this forum that is being long awaiting. I'm so, so happy that we could get you on the show. You've got so much wisdom and inspiration to share. I can't wait to get started. Um, speaking of which, can you tell us the reason for your first selection? Um, yeah, I think of um, Battering Down Sentence uh, by Bonnie Wheeler. Um, to be honest with you, um, it becomes one of my my favorite because of my. I think I I, I was privy to my my elder brother's one of my elder brother's uh, uh, playlist, and uh, that particular track, along with many other uh, uh, others by Bonnie Wheeler, was kind of his favorite, and. I kind of got listening to, 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 to some of them and, and um, it was the foundation of part of my, what I would call my journey, my, my um, conscious journey of, of really listening to, to, to lyrics and then reflecting on, on the meanings of, of those lyrics. 
Um, so, base, so you know, actually, I would love to credit my 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 brother for um, you know imparting, or should I say, allowing me to tap into in, in, into that world of, of conscious music. As I ask all of my guests, as we're people of African diaspora, can you tell us your heritage? I was born and, and bred in, in, in Jamaica. So um, as we likely say, it, 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 uh, I'm, I'm one of the displaced Africans uh, who ended up in Jamaica. So um, my heritage is, is Jamaican uh, through and through. But I must say, um, you know, later on becoming heavily influenced on 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 my Africanness, you know, having having been exposed um, to a lot of that growing up. And the reason why I said that, um, I remember as a as a as a teenager, um, I used to be around a family, and um, they one of the I think it was one of the daughters had married uh, a, a man from Nigeria, so that was like my my early experience of seeing somebody you know from from Africa, actually, from Africa, from Nigeria, dressed in, 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 in traditional clothing. And I was so fascinated by, by all of that, you know. So, you know, there's no coincidence um, why, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I am drawn to, to, to my original ancestry, you know. So, so that was, again, an introduction to Africa. So that was a pivotal moment for you. Can you share any other pivotal moments, say like your childhood or adolescence, that you feel shaped the person that you are today, made you who you are today? Uh, yes, I think that was probably credited that to um, growing up in a, in a in a community setting. You know, I, I I grew up with a sense of community. Um, Family wasn't just uh, um, relation by blood, you know. It was the extended family uh, that I, that resides in, in 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 the communities and you know that I grew up in. So that is very much um, part of the shaping of of who I am today, you know. And how often I I reflect on on on, on that period of of, of growing up and. and you know that you know shaped my my being, my entire being. You know, so I, I credit it to, to to community in in rural Jamaica, Trinidad, to be exact. So, being Jamaican, did your parents have any expectations of you um, growing up regarding your life choices? <laughs> um, it, it, you know what? It's it's interesting you say that. Um, no, I, I I don't think any great expectations were 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 placed on me. I think the only expectations my my dad in particular had was um just don't bring any trouble to the yard, you know. Okay. And as long as I I stay away from trouble, even though you know that was a very hard very hard thing to do, because I I I used to get into trouble, but you know not just the typical. Uh, teenager, you know, um, 
trouble getting in fights and you know um, making trouble at schools and stuff like that. So I think that that um, he, he could tolerate that, and often just resulted in in the bus off, and you know that was it. You know, but um, there were no other great expectations. I think I, I, I you know, I, I grew up with that free flowing attitude. You know, um, and I guess. Uh, to some stage, I was responsible uh, enough um, to make certain choices, you know, that they were satisfied with. So growing up in Jamaica, did your parents pass on any traditions that they had acquired from their parents and they kind of passed that down to you, whether that was knowledge, whether that was to do with food, the culture, belief system? Um, probably food, you know, probably food. I, I, my mom you know, used to cook very well. And I think I probably picked that up from her in terms of um, tradition. Uh, in the sense that um, my mom could cook anything, you know, anything. Just put anything together and it tastes, uh, um, it tastes good. Um, so, you know, that was um, what, I, what I, 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 I picked up. You know, everything else... Um, was just there, you know, was, as I said, I go back to community, everything was there, you know, so um, you pick things up from, from the people around you, you know. Uh, again, I'll stress that um, culturally, um, where, where I grew up or where I'm from, you know, we have an indelible culture, you know, um, whatever it is, you know, we could simply tap into it, you know. Um, certain influences, for instance, my, um, you know, the Rastafarian influences came from um, my cousins. You know, I had, I, I had um, a couple of cousins who, who, who were Rastafarians, you know, so that influence uh, came from, from, from them, you know. So I credit everything to the community. And the reason why I said that um, is it's kind of my, my thing to think that um, we're losing the essence of community and we must, you know, uh, go back or go forward to creating the sense of community, you know, something that helps to shape our reality, basically. So you know that first experience that you had with your cousin, what was that that you were drawn to, that you were intrigued by and that you wanted to know more about? What was it? (laughs) Um, Free thinking. You know, free thinking. Um, some aspect of, um, I wouldn't call it isolation, but the ability to detach, you know, um, and become, and, and to know self, you know. And even, again, food, you know, I food. You know, I, I used to sometimes abandon my, my, my parents' Sunday dinner and, and head to the hills. To, to have idol food with my with my cousin, you know. So so that was very very, uh, you know, an important aspect of, of of this development. And what was your parents' reaction to that when you decided to do that? <laughs> well, again, again, certain res- I didn't I didn't go with certain restrictions. So so that that was never a, a problem, as long as they know where I'm where I'm at. You know, and that was all right with them. You know, that's how I grew up. 
Okay, so speaking of foods, we've touched on that a couple of times. What if we could pick three meals um, or foods that you feel epitomizes your heritage and your roots? What would they be? Um, I love a good um, a, a good coconut rundown. Uh, anybody know that? You know, these days you do it, you do it, uh, do it. I, you know, back in the day, probably, but something different. But um, yeah, a good coconut rundown. You know, a, a good um, red pea soup. Yeah, and 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 a good stew. You know, a, a good idol stew. Those those are the things that does it for me. Yeah, and I still prepare those those meals. You're making me hungry right now. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to your next selection, which is Black Heart Man by Bunny Whaler. Can you tell us the reason for this selection? Hmm. Yes, again, you know, straight out of my brother's um, um, playlist again. But um, later on, you know, um, reflecting on the, the, the lyrics, you know, and um, getting to overstand uh, the, the, the meaning. Again, it goes back to... Um, the Rastafarian uh, um, culture, you know, have been seen as as the outcast, the black heart man, you know, the same black heart man that I was gravitated to towards, you know, heading into the hills where my cousins were. Um, but importantly, uh, you know, growing up and going to school, um, primary preferably, um, we, we we were warned, you know. And, and uh, I think it's just a myth. It's one of those myths that um, you know, to be basically to get you home early, because um, as you know, as kids, we would play on the street, you know, on uh, on way to school and 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 on way home after school. So they used to tell us these. these we used to hear these stories about about blackout man or, or techwe man, as they used to call them, that will get you if you play in the street, you know. So. You know, we would hurry home, you know, and um, we were told stories that um, if you see a, a black car or a car that is tinted out, you know, coming, you must hide, you know, because it's a, it's, it's a tech woman or a black heart man that is driving it and they'll take you away, you know. So, you know, you have those, those, those stories as, you know, as kids growing up, which in a way kept us safe, <laughs> you know, if you get what I'm saying, you see the, uh, you know. Um, being afraid of something um, kept us safe. But then as you get older, you kind of realize that all of this was, was just kind of a myth, you know. Mm. So um, Black Heart Man becomes one of those songs. Um, and even today, it's one of those, uh, maybe the whole album is like a cult classic. Yeah, and all the different um, um, variables that you can push from it. You know, um, back to childhood, um, visiting the present, and, and the meaning of it, even even today, it is it is such a, an important uh, um, record. You know, if you get what I'm saying. What a perfect introduction to this song. Here we go with a Black Heart Man by Bunny Whaler. Black Heart Man, I said, don't go near him. Black Heart Man. Children, or even lions fear him. Tikati black heart man, little children. I said, don't go near him. Tikati black heart man, 
children Or even lions fear Growing in a neighborhood For such a long time That is filled with fear I can't go here, can't go there, and I ain't supposed to go anywhere, anywhere at all. When I ask my mom if she could let me, let me go out and play like little children do, she said, Be careful of the stranger. Giving candies to children and then take them away. Can you tell us a little bit more about your journey um, to and from adolescence? Did you face any struggles as a young black man? Tell us a little bit more about your journey. I mean, you know, growing up, um, there are always struggles. There are always struggles. But to be honest with you, on a, on a positive note, I try not to, to, to equate growing up with, uh, uh, with, with with struggles. You know, I, I call it a process. It's a it's a learning process. It's a process of of, of making mistakes, uh, correcting them, um, remaking some of those mistakes and, and, and correcting them. You know. So it's a journey and, and you know, if we look at it if we look at all of that growing up, you know, from adolescence throughout adulthood if we treat it as a process, I think it, it's a more positive affirmation um, as opposed to equate it to a, a, a struggle, you know, because, um, you know, struggles are, are those are words, those are um, um, defin- you know, the definition to those words are somewhat negative, you know, and um, I think if we just treat them, treat all of, all of that as a process, and how we how we find solution to to those um, um to the process as it happens. I think for me it's a more um, it's a more accepted uh, terminology, you know. Again, as opposed to a struggle. Okay, so let me rephrase the question. So, what was yeah. what would you say were the um the catalyst to your evolution, the different catalysts to your evolution growing up, what were the things that shaped you into the person that you are today? I think becoming aware of, of, of my, my, myself and surroundings at a very early age and, and um, some of those experiences going through that process. Um you know, living a, a certain reality, you know, and from from leaving school uh, to working, you know, and, and, and all of that. I think those were were you know some of the the, the, the times when I when I you know I, I kind of reflect, you know, because things you know there was a time when things were very hands on, you know, experiences were like like that. You know, uh, simply, I you know, I, I left school, 
left the country, went to Kingston, um, and from the moment I, I, I reached <laughs> Kingston, that my brother looked at me and said, uh, um, this is what you must do, you must do this, you must do that, you know, and that's when reality hit, because it was no fun and games, it was about getting into the real nitty-gritty of, of, of what life is like in Kingston, you, you must find a job, you know, you must be productive in some sense, because if, you know, that's when you learn from an early age that, you know, basically you're on your own, yeah. We're going to move on to your next selection, which is Revolution by Dennis Brown. Can you tell us why you chose this selection? <laughs> uh, it, that answer is simple. I, I think I was a rebel from, from the beginning. Growing up, I, I, I was a rebel. You know, I was a rebel. And um, again, you know, having that, 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 that freeness, you know, that free-flowing kind of, kind of upbringing, you know, allows me to, 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 to be that level. You know, the things that I, you know, that I supposedly couldn't get away with, I would push it uh, to the limit and, until, I, uh, until I do, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, so from then I, I think I was shaping, my mindset was, was shaping to be a, a revolutionary, you know. And um, later on in life, then you start to realize what a real revolutionary is you know what it's all about you know so you're moving it from the seed block bringing to um to looking at um political structures and and injustices and, and all of that comes to one and then realizing that you know what um you you have to be a revolutionary and to be a revolutionary you have to know what it means to be a revolutionary here we go with revolution by dennis brown inspired you to write? Um, I, I, I don't even know. I think, you know what, to be honest with you, I think I'll credit that to my, to my, my mom, don't it? Because um, 
I don't know if you, you if, if you look at it today, it might be uh, chicken scratching, as they call it. But I, I think I was writing, you know, way before I even went to basic school. You know, I was one of those, um, uh, in a child that um, was very much interested in, in, in writing stuff, you know, and reading. And I was doing that from a very, very early age. So I think that's the initial influences. Um, but um, in terms of what I'm doing now, you know, with my, my with writing and stuff, um, I, I think it, I can. I think it's why I see things and then realize that um, I need to have a say in some of the things that I I see, especially the things that affects me, and then to find a medium that can um, you know, to carry that. And for me, I think writing, you know, was one of the the, 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 the the things I was drawn to, you know. So, you know, that, that you know, I can't even pinpoint a specific time to say, you know, it happens then. I think it's just a, it was just a continuous process, you know, that started very early. So can you remember your first ever poem? Actually, um, I don't think I can, to be honest with you. You know, I don't, because I was always writing things. I was always writing things down, you know. So, no, no, actually not. Okay, so can you remember the first poem that you performed, like that you, you know, in, in whether that be to like a couple of people or an actual, you know, audience on a stage? Uh, uh, um, I think it was probably a Miss Lou. You know, because as a, as a child, we were heavily influenced by, by the works of Miss Lou. So I think it was, um, ah, gosh, what's the, what's the, what's, what's the, what's the poem? What's the piece? Ah, it's in my head, but to, I can't remember it. But, you know, we're always influenced by, by, by Miss Lou. So some of the earliest uh, performances of by poems that we did, especially in schools, were, were taken from Miss Lou's repertoire. You know, and um, and songs. You know, so there were there, it was a combination of, of of poems and songs. But I, I can remember my first ever performance um, as a child. You know, and that was basic school. And I remember um, it was something we did, uh, like a skit, as we call it in Jamaica. And um, the song was "Slide Mongoose, Your Name Gone Abroad." You know, and I think um, Miss Lou uh, did that quite often. And I remember I played, I, 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 you know, I was a, a big part of that because my mom attended, you know, so that is one of my earliest memories of performing uh, a kind of a poem song, if, if, you, if you get what I'm saying, you know, Slide Mongoose. Right, we're going to move on to your next selection, which is Johnny Was by Bob Marley. Why did you pick this selection? Mm. Um, I love that song. I love the simplicity of it. And um, it, it resonates uh, uh, deeply, you know, of, of some of the the things that I've seen, you know, um, on the more traumatic side um, in my later years, you know, mainly in Kingston, you know, of, um, uh, you know, witnessing what happens within what you'd call violent society or how, how things play out. And then think deeply of, of you know, a, a mother's, um, pain, 
you know. So for me, I think the the, the, the lyrics, you know, that simplicity uh, within a song that can transpose such a deep meaning, you know. So that song resonates with me, you know. So that's my my reason for choosing that song. Here we go with Johnny Walls by Bob Marley. about your album writings on the wall how that came about um i think that came about um i was i think i, I was going to jamaica uh, at the time i think it was my first uh, return after being in in this country and because i was doing you know quite a few things then, maybe a lot more then, you know, and playing with some really brilliant musicians. So I wanted something to, to, to take with me, you know, as probably a, a, a part, of, part of a promotion, you know, to try and uh, um, kind of assert myself in Jamaica on, on the, the cultural or the creative scene. So um, a couple of us, we, 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 we got together and then the opportunity arises where I could um, do the record. So, you know, we got in the studios <laughs> and we just, we just, we just jammed, we just started playing, you know, and um, everything was done done live, you know, out of the, 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 um, the, the goodness and, and the greatness of some of the musicians that play, play uh, on, on the album. Yeah, so that was the whole idea behind it um, as a promotion, and then the idea came to why not just you know, release it as an as an album to 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 introduce myself as somebody who writes songs, you know, as opposed to um, 
just poetry because most people knew about the the, the, the poetry side, but not much of of um, singing and 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 other stuff. So I think it, it was important at the time to get that out there. So with that in mind, you know when you. Um, first came to the UK and then went back to Jamaica. Did that affect any of your works, as in the style in which you wrote or what you were writing about? How did that affect your actual works? Um, I think the um, the themes remained, you know, um, uh, very uh, political. Some people say protesting and, and all those other uh, connotations. But I think in terms of uh, some of the delivery, um probably change a bit one of the things I, I realized you know when I went back to Jamaica you know I, I felt as if I was um the music was a bit fast the pace of the music for me was a bit fast here you know and um when I went to Jamaica a Britain of mine said you know were you were you a Russian man <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like you know what do you mean and him say, him say, you need to slow it down, man. You need to slow it down. You know? And mm. I'm like, okay. So then I realized, I'm like, wow. It was, I felt that, you know, I felt it. Mm. But I couldn't put, uh, as I said, you couldn't put a finger on the button. You know? So it was that realization that I realized that, wow, something is, is, is happen, diff- happening differently. You know? And that was it. I need to slow down and, you know, approach it a bit. Um, more, more, probably more subtle, if you get what I'm saying. Okay. Is there any of your works that you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit with us now? <laughs> um, you mean what aspects of it? Uh, music, poetry. Um, I leave it up to you. And this one is called a, a decoration of self, uh, and it kind of probably sums up, you know, what I'm about. Yeah. A declaration of self. I and I was miseducated about me. I and I was given someone else's, his story that had nothing to do with I story. I found out that I given name has no significant meaning other than a brand, a means of false identification imposed by slave masters, missionaries, and false Christian doctrines. I found out that civilization began on the banks of the Nile and that we're all Africans. It was one genetic strand that started the creation of human, the first Homo sapiens, sapiens, original black man. We were the masters of craft, built monuments and empires, kingdoms on the great pyramids, sailed the high seas long before Britannia ruled any waves. We were no slaves. We were the first to study astrology, mathematics, physics, and chemistry. We were the first to do open-heart surgeries and brain operations. Imhotep was the father of medicine, not the Greeks or the Romans, Pythagoras, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle. All your so-called great philosophers, all exploited chemists' legacies. True Christian principles began in Ethiopia, Kush. Our stories were stolen by the Greeks, then brought to Alexandria, then destroyed in 46 BC by Emperor Caesar when he burned the libraries to the ground. But now the truth has been found. 
I and I know King Selassie and the power of the Trinity. I and I know the teachings of Marcus Mazaya Garvey and his prophecies. And the positive words of Robert Nestor Marley, Bob. I found out that all the negative elements about us were injected during slavery and is now affecting the societies. Look, social segregation is affecting the younger generation. And it's simply a state of confusion that is leading to their destruction. So I think it's time to take a positive action and declare myself an African and furthermore, a Rastaman. Thank you so much. That moved me something differently. I've got goosebumps and all sorts going on here. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. I really Thank appreciate you. Thank that. You. Um, we're going to move on to your next selection, which is Creation by Peter Tosh. Can you tell us about why you chose this one? Um, again, Peter being one of my, my favourite artists and um, his works, you know, his songs, his, you know, he speaks volumes. You know, every every bit, you know, of, of Peter Tosh, uh, it, it speaks about about you know a revolution. You know, speaks about injustices, and um, but also the beauty of a, of a song such as Creation. When you when you listen to his his his, his thoughts about about how that that particular record came about. You know the naturistic side of it. You know he, he he went and he recorded the birds. He recorded the waters. He recorded you know all those natural elements of creation. You know and and put it in a song. Yeah, you know, and then credited that 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 whole process to you know the higher powers. You know, so it's one of them. It's one of the natural. You know, one of the most natural elements, you know, that you can find within the composition of a record, you know, and it just speaks volume, you know, and that's where everything starts, creation, creating, creating from nature. And he did that, put it in a song, you know, and made it beautiful. Here we go with Creation by Peter Tosh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Jah, and the Word was Jah. In the beginning Jah created the heaven and the earth, then created man of his own likeness. Gave unto man wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Jai is my health and my strength. So a shield upon my right and my left hand so who shall I be afraid 
I'd love to hear more about your other works, books, Dub Truth and Pipe Dream. Can you tell us more? Um, yeah. Uh, I think, um, which came first? I think Dub Truth came first. Um, and it, it, it captures a lot of my um, my journey, you know, here um, and other places. Um, I have... I've been featured in, 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 in anthologies and, 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 and such over the years. And I've thought about putting an anthology of my own together. But somehow, you know, as I say, things happen at, at the right time. So um, uh, a friend of mine, a, a, a virgin that I've worked with on, on a different project, you know, I remember... You know, he, he said to me, emailed me and said, um, you know, what do I think about about putting a book together? And I was like, I think it was at the very moment that I was actually thinking about it because I've, I've, I've written so much. And I, I'm accustomed to posting things on Facebook. So, uh, you know, I'm always posting my, my poems and, and my thoughts. And um, so when he asked, I'm like, wow. I said, yes. You know, he said, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm publishing stuff. I'm into publishing and X, Y, Z and blah, blah. So I said, okay, that's great. Um, what do you need? <laughs> and he said to me, he said, oh, I've collated a lot of your stuff. And I'm like, what? He said, yeah, you know, all your, the things that you've posted on Facebook, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, so, you know, so this person was actually thinking thinking ahead of me, you know. And I'm like, wow. So um, all I had to do was, you know, forward, I forwarded a few more pieces and, and you know, that was Dub Truth, you know, published. Uh, I think that was like, what, 2018, somewhere about there. And um, after that one, I'm like, okay. If I've done, you know, the, the, the traveling bit, the experiences here and stuff, I, I need to um, kind of look now at the experiences back home, some of the experiences back home. Um, and then Pipe Dream came to mind, you know, and that was based on, on uh, dedicating it to my, 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 grand, my, my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, um, because she was a pipe smoker. And I had actually picked up the pipe at some stages, you know. So I'm like, okay, pipe dream, you know. So there I put some of the experiences growing up, um, being around her, you know, in in pipe dream. So that was how, you know, both books uh, came about. So they kind of had a mind of their own. So you wrote a book and you didn't even know that you wrote a book in that sense of like you were just being creative and expressing yourself and somebody else saw the magic that you're creating and they're like yes. that's a book 
you know, because I, I, I've been writing poems, but I, 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 I perform them. You know, I, I you know, I pre- perform ex- extensively. Mm. But um, the the thought of um, you know, putting an anthology together, you know, uh, it meant that um, sometimes, you know, someone comes along and and become the the initiator, you yeah. know, of of things, of the great thing, and and it was a good thing for me, on the basis that somebody saw um, the importance. Uh, the potential of, of 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 my work to be in in a, in a book form, you know, and I applaud that, you know, I I applaud that case. And the reason why I said that, um, I remember um, before I I approached a few publishers um, that showed little or no interest in my in in my work uh, because I think it was um it was probably hard to market because of the content of it. So for somebody to come along and say, wow. I love what you're doing. Let's do this. It is always uh, a welcoming, mm. you know, uh, uh, from uh, some coming from from a, a creative uh, uh, perspective. So we could say that he was one of those um, catalysts for evolution. He did like he stepped things up for you, like something that you could have done yourself. But he kind of yeah. he was a catalyst for that because you know he saw that that in you. It's like look, you've got this here, we need to, you know, you need to make that into a book. And and then I suppose it gave you the, not so much the confidence, but you'd already done it. So doing Pipe Dream, I suppose, was even easier to do because you were consciously yes. thinking of it rather than the other one. It wasn't consciously a book. It was just works on their own, mm-hmm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, exactly. And, um, and the reason why the second one became a bit easier is um, the first year you... you you know, you're you're in a lot of contemplation. What what do you put in? You know, uh, should I put this in uh, X Y Z? So so what was interesting is that is what he had already co- co- collated. You know, <laughs> you know he, he collected several pieces. You know, so that set sets the tone. You know, that was enough to set the tone to say, okay, this is um, what he's got. I can continue and on on this line. You know, so that was very important. So I'm going to leave all the links in the description for Kakumo's work. So if you want to connect with him and support him in his works, um, whether it be the books or the album, make sure you do. Um, We're going to move on to another one of your selections, which is one of your works, which is Blood for Oil Part 2. Can you tell us about these, this, sorry, this works? Yeah. Um, So that that, um, that particular song appeared on, on writings on the wall. And the reason why I chose it, uh, I think that uh, that piece um, set the tone for 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 me as a as a performer. Um, I remember when I was going about this country and and wherever else I've travelled, you know, that was kind of a piece that I've, I've always done, um, which kind of labelled me uh, a political protesting and all of that. You know, and uh, to, what, to be honest with you, I, I, you know, I kind of enjoyed that, all those labels in a sense, because as, as, a, as, an, as an artist, as a creative person, you want to be known for something, you know, something that makes sense, you know. And that piece for me 
was think piece. I remember um, I used to um, perform with a group uh, of poets. And I remember going to the Tate Modern um, Gallery for a performance. And to be honest with you, there, there was a lot of little hiccups because I, I don't think some of the guys wanted to, to, to bring me on that particular, <laughs> and, and, you know, that particular gig. And friends of mine in the collective, you know, realized that I wasn't present, you know, and like, you know, came and, and got me. You know, so when I uh, went to the the the, tape, well, the performance, I got an encore. You know, mm. and that was my second encore in that particular piece. Yeah, I did that piece in in in, in Jamaica at, at the Kalabash, um Literature Festival, which I wasn't um, I wasn't booked as one of the main performers. I went on an open mic, and. Um, did that piece and got an encore. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then to have an encore at venue, such as the Tate Modern, you know, if anyone knows the history of that place, you know, uh, and um, even though, you know, I mentioned oil and, and not sugar, you know, I could have said blood for sugar, <laughs> you know, but um, blood for oil, you know, and to get an encore from, from the audience, it is something. So I had to include that piece in, in you know, in this interview of, of you know, how it kind of set the tone for 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 Kukuma as 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 an artist, as a dub poet, you know, as someone who who, who will say what needs to be said, you know, in a poetic form, you know. So there is blood for oil part two. Genocide is just another humanitarian crisis, but millions are dying. Can't even. 
have any advice for any aspiring poets? Um, you know what? I, I don't like to give advice because I think that I'm all, I'm also aspiring. You know, because there are things to do. But um, what I would say, you know, to poets or, or creative people in general, is to um, be true to what you're doing. Stay true to what you're doing. Um, let what you do, your work, reflect uh, uh, you, you know. And and that's all I can say. Own your, own your work, you know. If you're a poet or a singer, own your voice, you know. If Whatever you're, you're writing, make sure that you, you believe or, or know what you're writing, you know, because um, you realize that you might be writing something or saying something. And maybe you don't think of, of uh, the influence or the influences that that will cause. You know, we have to focus on that. Uh, you know, um, uh, industry might say to you that focus on your audience in a different sense. But um, for me, it's focusing on people who are really gravitated towards what you're saying and how it influences them and how it can shape them. And in the process, it is also shaping you because you're becoming more mature as an artist. So know what you're doing. Some people may say believe in what you're doing, but I say know what you're doing, you know, simply. Can you give us your top three poets that you have found most inspirational so far on your journey? Uh, poets. Um, I, I, I'm influenced by, by everyone was gone before, who are doing, you know, simply doing. I'm, I'm influenced by them. I'm constantly being inspired. Um, I'm inspired, sorry. <laughs> I, I almost said expired there, you know, and it's a good reminder that what we do can never be expired. But um, I'm inspired by, by all the great, you know. So um, the late Mikey Simit, you know, coming from a, a, a dub poetry genre, you know, Mikey Simi, you know, I'm inspired by, by Uku, Uku Anuro, you know, Muta Baruka, um, Cherry Natural, you know, and, and here in the UK, Mokapi Selassie, you know, as one of the, 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 the brethren that we've, we've, you know, been on the scene together, you know. So there are, there are just numerous um, um, people that I could mention, but I'd say once you're doing it, you know, I am, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired, you know, I'm inspired by you because doing it is, is, you know, well, is the easy part, maybe the easiest part, but as long as you're, you're doing. And before we get into your final selection, can you tell us what's next for your work? So maybe for the end of the year or maybe for 2021, what can we expect from you? <laughs> you know what, um, I try not to place too much great expectation on, on self, you know. And the reason for that is, is uh, you know, I, I like to, to, to stick with the fluidity of things. Because sometimes you make plans and, and things change. So I, 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 I want to be able to adapt to whatever changes there are, you know, to, to constantly moving. You know, I always say, be like the river, you know, keep moving. Um, but I'm 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 seriously thinking of 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 a second album, 
you know. So I've been writing and stuff. So when when the time, you know, we we let, let's put it down to time, you know, in in this sense. When the time is right, you know, I I hopefully I want to go in the studio and start recording again, you know. Um, so yeah, so that's my that's what I've I've got in mind. So we're going to finish off with your final selection, which is Frequency by Midnight. Why did you choose this one? Well, that's what we're on now. <laughs> Frequency. I think it's it. You know, it it is it is such a a, a potent uh, a song. You know, both lyrically and and, um, and it is so meaningful in this time. You know, it's um it, it's quite uh, in a sense uh, tragic. You know, not that we lost him in a tragic sense, but um, in the sense that we've lost one of the greats that I personally discovered quite late. You know, uh, 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 the music of of of, of Midnight. You know, um, Vaughan Benjamin, Aki Becker. You know, and um, I've 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 come across his music, but never really paid much attention until he, he transitioned and when he transitioned i'm like let me let me go really listen because in you know as i said in passing you've heard his music and then when i started listening to this to to to, to, to his music or, or the music of the band and the way he constructed his, his his lyrics you know so meaningful so 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 real you know and i'm like how did i miss this prophet you know, but then again, I think it came at the right time because looking at the world now, I'm like, you realize the, you know, the importance of uh, a certain music, certain songs. Looking at the frequency, you know, as we say, we can see, you know, heightened frequency. If anybody want to look at that, you know, uh, in terms of technology and, and how it has been used and manip- manipulated and stuff like that. And I'm saying this virgin was on point. Sometimes we say um, an artist is 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 way ahead, you know, of his thinking, his work, you know. And um, yeah, so frequency be- be- became one of those records, you know, that I constantly play and and really listen to, you know, the lyrics and the, the meaningful, uh, the, the meaningless of of those lyrics and how it relates. To, to the now. Kukumo, thank you so much um, for being a guest on this week's episode. I really, really appreciate all of your works, that beautiful poem that you did live. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to, to share with your with, with you and with your, your fans. You know, and I, I hope, you know, <laughs> this is just the, the, the beginning you know, for sharing, sharing great reasonings together. You know, give thanks. Give thanks for Kakumo Knox's life and may he rest in eternal peace. Now we'll follow his words and works. Welcome to the virtual Bronx Book Fair 2020. My name is Kakumo. I'll be reading a couple of poems from uh, two of my volumes. I hope you enjoy. 
The first one is uh, Declaration of Self. Ainai was miseducated about me. Ainai was given someone else's, his story that had nothing to do with I story. That still leave me searching for an identity, still living by the white man's philosophy. So I embarked on my own self-discovery, and here I am. I found out that my given name has no significant meaning other than a brand, a means of false identification imposed by slave masters, missionaries, and false Christian doctrines. I found out that civilization began on the banks of the Nile, and that we're all Africans. It was one genetic strong that started the creation of Hume, the first Homo sapiens, sapien, original black woman. We were the masters of France, built monuments and empires, kingdoms and the great pyramids, sailed the high seas long before Britannia ruled anyway. We were no slaves. We were the first to study astrology, mathematics, physics, and chemistry. We studied anatomy. We were the first to do open heart surgeries and brain operations. Imhotep was the father of medicine, not the Greeks or the Romans. Pythagoras, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, all your so-called great philosophers, all exploited chemists' legacies. True Christian principles began in Ethiopia, Kush. Our stones were stolen by the Greeks, then brought to Alexandria, then destroyed in 46 BC by Emperor Caesar when he burned the libraries to the ground. But now the truth has been found. And I know King Selassie the power of the Trinity. And I know the teachings of Marcus Messiah Garvey and his prophecy, and the positive words of Robert Nesta Marley, Bob. I found out that all the negative elements about us were injected during slavery and is now affecting our society. Racial and social segregation is affecting the behavior of the younger generation and is simply a state of confusion that is leading to their destruction. So I think it's time take a positive action and declare myself an African and furthermore a Rasta. This one is called iPoem. You may find this poem protesting, antagonistic, not burdened by rhetoric. This not come with no bag of tricks. This poem is iPoem. This poem is I poem, not this or that poem. I poem is real, reflecting how I and I feel. I poem is written in truth. Turn up the volume, I poem is not mute. I poem is a loud roar, a quiet ambush from jungle bush. I poem cannot be captured by invaders, prostituted nor exploited. I poem is rated, X-rated. I poem was created to eliminate hatred. Written to expose the masquerades, dressed up then paraded. I poem is not written for cowards. I poem is for the brave who is not afraid. I poem is not hidden, it is center stage. I poem is dark matter, it never aged. I poem cannot be forgotten. I poem is attacking your brain, messing up your minds. I poem will up your entire existence if you live in pretense. I poem is the essence of light. I poem is the darkness that reflects your light. I poem, I poem don't need approval. I poem don't need to be equal. I poem is a natural mystic, blowing like the trade wind. 
iPoem is a reflection in black minds. iPoem is on the front line. iPoem is not a behind poem. iPoem represents I bloodline. iPoem is the voice of the ancestors ringing in your ears. iPoem knows no fear. iPoem is a chanting, a haunting. iPoem is deliverance, deliverance, voodoo, Christianity, Obia, Kondomba, and Santeria. iPoem is Rasta for I. iPoem is Afar, Amhara, Aroma, Ashanti, Dogan, Dinka, Fang, Maasai, Pygmies, Twa, Eroro, Nama, San, Tutsi, Hutus, Zulu, Yoruba, Igbo, Mandingo, Wala, Fulani, Kushites. iPoem is a global African family. iPoem is before Arabs and European invasions. iPoem is long before Cook stole Australia, before Asia split from Africa. iPoem is before the Darwin of their time, before Alexander, Caesar, Leopold and Napoleon's crime. iPoem is long before that fellow, long before the confusions of who built what, when, where and how. iPoem is ancient. iPoem is now. iPoem is now. iPoem is now. Ringing in your ears. Ringing in your ears. iPoem is... Sidewalks scattered with polluted minds, controlled, trapped in bodies condemned to park benches and subways, tainted by overnight stench, ignored by contact lenses, the lost souls, waiting for the Grim Reaper. Brothers, where are your keepers? As gentrification takes over, where the Black Renaissance once showed defiance, happy feet once danced to jazz, blues and reggae, and rap became hip-hop, from last poets to Gilshop to Nas and Tupac. Now living is a chance taken, with lucky escapes from police bullets, empty wallets, wishing away a penny for thoughts, popping to Curtis Mayfield, pulling on a blunt to ease the mind, to deny the front page's headline of society's crime, occupied by statistics, reality check, boxes ticked, labeled ethnic minority, inferior complexity in white man's stolen country. Harlem has become a safari for white folks to gaze. But we keep tapping feet in this jungle, to beats and concrete flows, to eyesores of boarded doors. This Harlem blues gotta wake us up. To snooze is to lose, as we major slip right back to the blues. From the message to the messengers. They love that old slave narrative. Singing Negro spirituals without our rituals being performed. So we've been bound in slavery. Not for 12 years, but for 400 years we've waded in the waters. Now we're drowning in our own blood. Shouting Alawakabar in mosque, singing Kumbaya, my lord, in churches for a grand entrance to pearly white gates. Living this fairy tale, built on a fictional character of a blue-eyed white male, born of a virgin. We praise prophets, selling heaven for profits, yet having delivered on their promises. This one of rhetoric has stalled the revolution. Some will gladly sing the words of a redemption song, but never utter one against wrong. They will march and kneel, asking how long, with no real actions, glued to the distractions brought to you by television, magazines, and social media. 
they will gladly update the selfie to their status, not knowing that's how they've been profiled by the very system they trust. Attached to this superficial lifestyle is a lifetime being hooked in this lifeless line that defines and confines us. We think more and act less because that was the result of all these tests, telling you they have selected the best, knowing it was only those who wouldn't protest, so passive resistance is accepted. That way, agents can be injected to dull the flames of the revolution, disconnecting the elements, weakening our defense as they cripple us from the core. They're constantly trying to wipe what was gone before, crediting themselves as gods over Canaan's land, occupying where they don't belong. Yet only a few will overstand, or even support those willing to make a stand of right and fight. The message is clear. But they'll only accept what's been sugar-coated. If it's slightly caramelized, they'll support it. But if it's burnt, it's often rejected. Just to protect their vested interests, they will sell you out like Judas, then crucify you like a Christ. I will never forget how they sold Marcus Garvey for rice. Now we must pay the ultimate price for ignoring the words to the wise. And the frequency, then come give me balls, food up on the frequency. Attacking our mind now with the frequency, then come to be balls, food on the frequency. Depth, pathology, look you see, in your depth, in your depth, psychology. The man that give them ultrasonic bombardment resonance on the frequency. Yap on the frequency, them come give me balls, food. On the frequency, them come to block up the rest of my trinity. You see, give me balls, food up on the frequency. Who, who them I got attack versus maternity? Well, I see, frequency is just the frequency. Then come pick up with bad thinking on the frequency. Then come pick up with all just on the person and see in a good frequency.